Michael Yo's got his own show. Michael Yo's got his own show. If you're looking for a place to go, the only place to go is the Yo Show. The only place to go is the Yo Show. All right, thank you for listening to the Yo Show. Here's the deal. Um, love all the love on Facebook. You guys are dropping stars, which means a lot. Also, I know, Brian, where are we on our Patreon thing? Have you done this Patreon thing yet? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you have? Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, Give it's me. in the works. It's Oh, okay, it's in the works. I have a producer, uh, Craig, and he still hasn't got our Patreon up. We're broke. The show's broke. It's okay. Yeah. You, I'm sure you have a Patreon. I did, but I stopped it. Why? Why'd you stop it? Because I, I got 52 cities this year. It's like impossible. Oh, poor babe. I have the best problems in the world. Yes. I'm on the road all the time, and recording one a week is hard enough. To double that up is just, it's just, I just paused it. No one's being charged. Okay. And I just plan to come back. Okay. How'd you do when you started it though like what did it go well as you thought or was it kind of a slow build and it's kind of like is it even worth it it was a slow build and it's it's worth it i'm not making that much money so it's but some of we have friends that are making like 30 40 000, that's why we all did <laughs> Patreon. Like, what? you can make 30 40 thousand dollars a month on Patreon. yeah so uh i plan on getting bigger and then coming back and promoting it harder and then getting it that way yeah uh but you know i think i was at my maximum was like 900 almost a grand a month which is phenomenal That's for great. me where i'm at at my level uh but like even because i have to pay the producer after after paying everybody and then the patreon to get them in i give them free merch this this that yeah so i'm not and then really, you gotta mail it all out have, i'm not making that much money and uh it's but you know that's not it's why we do it but it's also just like creating content creating an empire and then it's just, I was just, I'm on the road too much. You saw my stuff. I saw, here, here's what's great is, I mean, Craig has been on my podcast from the beginning. We've seen him when he's been opening up for me. And then he started to headline in the Hosting middle. Hosting for you. Hosting for me. And then headlining in the middle. He would tell people he was headlining in the middle, which meant feature. I'm headlining in the middle. It's, it's a good gag. After one flyer, After, I didn't know. So here's the deal. I didn't know. I busted his balls and then every comedian jumped in on him. So this is some advice. This is for comedians. If you open up for a person that brings you, don't make a flyer where it seems like it's just your show. Yes, Rookie Move 101. I did it one time, and boy, I didn't hear the end of it. And I actually didn't. It wasn't my idea. I swear Whose idea I'm, was it? It was my team, my management. Because I did just did JFL, and they're trying to get me to headline, and I got like eight or nine cities. Yeah. So they're like, all right, you know, we're trying to brand you as a headliner. And I was like, okay. Because I'd never done that before. I'm like, every other post, I'm like, opening for Michael Yo, yeah. opening for Bobby Lee. But Craig this time decided to make a flyer that made it look like it was his show that night yeah. for five shows. <laughs> and I kind of busted his balls, and then all the other comedians oh, started man. jumping in on him, too. Ian Edwards ripped into me, <laughs> Bobby Lee, all of them. They're just like, what are you doing? Is that your show? I'm like, no. <laughs> I was like, that's what I was told. But was I see so many comedians that open up for people do that and i see him do it for uh, the first time i ever saw it was like joe coy selling out like stadiums right it's laughable really it's now like, that i know better i'm like oh i was an idiot but i just i didn't know it was my first rodeo but man i remember you talking to me about somebody doing that to you oh big time and it's funny now i so, laugh so, at it so did you say something to them 
No. Oh, you didn't say nothing? Uh, I didn't want to start beef. It was a girl, and I was like, I don't know. Oh, okay. I was just like. You don't want to get me too. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just, yeah, I was just like, it's. I was like, I, I wasn't, it's happened a few times, though. Um, now, I, will I, a guy you. If I'm like tight, tight with him, of course I'll rip yeah, okay. into him and give him okay. shit. But if it's just like, hey, what's up? You know, I'm not. So it's more of if you go to a market and you don't really know the guys that are open up for you, then you won't say nothing. Yeah. Okay. No, I got you. Because sometimes even even me, like I'll take gigs where they don't give me enough budget to bring people. So I have to uh, let the locals open up, which a lot of times are phenomenal. And but I've and never run into it. Not. Sometimes they're not. Yeah. Or sometimes they're what you don't want, what you why you want to get to that next level is because you want to bring people, you know, won't cross over into your stuff. Yes. You know what I mean? Like into your material. Yes. So if they had a stoner guy opening up for you, even though you don't do drugs, you might talk about the same it's, thing. It's, it's just, it's not that we can't follow them. It's no. just that if it's of the same style or stuff, it's just the audience goes, oh, we just heard all that. Yeah, and it a doesn't matter if you're funnier or not. They've heard it already. It's just the same vibe. It's yeah. just, uh, I've given this example before, like Chad goes deeps are my homies, and we're completely different human beings and sets and everything, but they're surfer stoner vibe, and I'm surfer stoner vibe. So if we go, it's fine if there's someone in between us, but if we go back to back, I notice it's like, oh, our hit shit hits a little different now. Gotcha. Because we're of the same uh, energy or, you know, like. Yeah. Now, you've been on this podcast a lot for for the new people watching. I want you to tell everyone how you got to this point, even about the bad. Like, really quick, just catch people up. Like, you you oh, went through man. a tough time. You got out of it. Like, I don't want to tell your story, but just give a quick recap so people uh, can know how you got to now headlining, which I'm so proud of you. A quick recap. You start off in open mics, and you're just in hell on earth. And then I uh, got funny, and then started hosting and emceeing for uh comedy store laugh factory improv met people like you i love you so much because you met me and you're like you're coming with me and then you took me everywhere and you're like a family man I'm yeah like, absolutely. you know what i talk about man <laughs> but you still took me and it still was fine and then you go from hosting to featuring headlining in the middle and then i i did jfl plus and i got representation and then some viral videos and then uh and then it it started cracking. Okay, but like, what got you in the comedy? That's what I'm talking Like the what personal comes? story. Oh, uh, that one? Like yeah. you went through some rough oh, yeah, parts yeah. and you got out of that. That part. Oh, I was I was a drug addict, you know, and I was just drinking and drugging. I worked at Trader Joe's uh, and I had no comedy, no money. I lived with my mama. I was a loser. I was a deadbeat. And uh, I just chased the bar, just booze and pills and just garbage lifestyle. And then I got arrested for throwing the firecrackers yeah. at the police officers. Which is a bit that went viral as well, yeah. correct? Yeah. I threw firecrackers at police on horses, allegedly. And, uh, <laughs> and then um, I was in jail. This is actually a, a fun story that I never tell in full detail. It's not going to be that short. So it was accumulation of a, a ton of events. I always knew I was a comic. I had it in me. You know, I was just a jackass, like fart bomb yeah. in class, just jokes just anything for the laugh i'll trip and fall and hurt myself to make my buddies laugh as far back as i can remember it's all i love and cared about then you grow up i watch conan o'brien i was like oh i could i could do that then i told like family and friends they're like you can't do that because they're haters you know they just don't know <laughs> yeah so you suppress it and i had it in me and then um 
I work at Trader Joe's with this guy, Brian Granger. He's awesome dude, awesome comic. And he's like, you're crazy. You're funny. You got to come with me and do these open mics. I was like, yeah, I will. But later, later, you know. And then I watched Shatner's Raw Nerve with Tim Allen. And Tim Allen talked about, this will be relevant because Tim Allen went to jail for uh, distribution of cocaine. Yeah, yeah, he was a, yeah, yeah. And he, so got he, caught, he got yeah. busted, yeah. He was a fall guy, actually. He was this complete setup. There was mm-hmm. way people way higher up that should have been. Anyways, he's on Shatner's Raw Nerve, which is a show about exposing, like Shatner talked about losing his wife to drugs. Like it's a, it's a raw nerve. It was sad, but it was like therapy. It was good. It was cathartic. And then uh, Tim Allen said, he did a show at a comedy club in Detroit, and the, and he killed it. And the owner was like, hey, I love you, man. Like, you, you're awesome. You could work here anytime. Come back. And then Tim goes, okay, but I got to go to prison for two years. <laughs> but when I get out, I'm going to come back. And then he, he went to prison, came out, and the guy was uh, true to his word. And he's like, get up there. And then he became Tim Allen. So I saw that right before the firecracker incident. And now I'm in jail with four charges and I wanted to stand up and I just saw that my buddy Brian was bugging me and I was like, that's it, man. Like, this is it. Like, you're in jail. You might go to, away for a while, but I got a mama that loves me and she bails me. I love you, mama. And then uh, and then she, uh, yeah, so I, I made up my mind in that jail. So I was like, I'm going to get sober and get into stand up. And then I did, but it, of course, was the process. It takes a while to get off drugs, guys. And then, uh, yeah, the rest is history. Now I'm headlining and touring. And- How long did it take you to fully get off the drugs once once you were doing the comedy? And also... Like three years. Three years in. How long of open mics before you started to build heat? Oh. Because uh, didn't you start and quit and then start back up again? So I, I started, I did stand-up. I took a stand-up class, and I did... Well, at first performance was at the Comedy Store yeah. in West Hollywood, but I was still so terrified of it. I went to the Second City and UCB, and I did improv for two, three years, and I hardly touched stand-up just because I was absolutely terrified of it. And then once I got sober, which was eight years ago, two days ago, actually. Oh, congrats, bro. It's crazy. Uh, that's when I dove in head over heels into stand-up. Um, I, I dabbled, so I say like 10 years in the game, yeah. but like, Eight years. So we probably met about seven, six years ago. Right? Yeah, we, I was very green. I yeah. was one or two years in. I remember the first time I saw you was at the improv. Yeah. And I went on after you. Yeah. At the improv. Yeah. Didn't do too well after you. That first, I was I, headlining in the middle. I baby. know. Like, <laughs> I remember because you did really well. When I went on, I did okay. You know, I left me. It was all right. But I knew you were special. And I was like, oh, this is great. And then. You know, you see each other performing over and over and over again, and then uh, it kind of just took off for me, and then I saw it take off for you. So I was like, oh, come travel with me, because I, I love to bring killers. Like, that, yeah. people that know me in comedy go, oh, he brings killers. He's not bringing people that can't perform. We had a conversation in Utah, Wise Guys. It's Keith. I was just there, yeah. Keith Stubbs, right? Yeah. Yeah, and we were saying, because we, we, I don't know how you got brought up, but you did, and then... And then I was like, oh, yeah, I love him. And then I, 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 we said we had that conversation. He only brings killers. I was like, he brings Orlando Leva, me, Leo Flowers, mm-hmm. Nick Guerra. And then uh, Keith said when he first came here, he brought Theo Vaughn and Sarah Tiana before yeah. they blew up. You know? Yeah. And I was just like, you do. You only bring headliners. I only, bring, I only bring people that I know destroy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Keith Stubbs, I mean, at, in Utah, wise guys. I'm out there shooting a project right now. Uh, going back and forth from L.A. to there. 
Uh, but he's open just like the cellar when I'm in town. It's my home club. He's opened up Wise Guys. And I did my first open mic ever this Tuesday at Wise Guys. And it was the best open mic ever. It was the be- I mean, it was like a club night. Yeah. You know, you, but it's interesting to see, like, I, Utah has some phenomenal talent, but it's interesting to see people that just start comedy and the process it takes to get to where we are headlining. You know, and we still need to reach that next level. You know, both of us. I'm at a different level than you. Yeah. You know, we're always chasing. We're the always chasing. Level. I want to be you. You want to be Joe Cole. Yeah. You know, so we're always trying to get. The, yeah. And that's what makes uh, I feel like us hungry and want to keep going after it. But I was watching all these open micers in Utah. And it's very humbling when you see people eat it yeah. really bad. But love it so much they're up there just yeah. taking it. You, like you, silence. And they're just green. It's just. Like we, t- I tell people ask me all the time on Instagram. I'm like, dude, it takes two to ten years, and you might not make it. Still, like, it's crazy. Has it clicked for you yet? Like Dave Chappelle, when you watch his special, he goes, "When I go on, I know it's going to go pretty well." Like, have you reached that point where you know, like, it clicked for me about two years ago, eight years in, where I'm it's kind of like I know this is going to go well. I still get scared. Because I am, you know, I'm a, I'm a weird, I got, I got weird stuff. I, I love that. I like that because it's, it makes me unique. But I always sometimes, like, I'm scared of old people, silver yeah. foxes, man. I'm like, they're I like remember, kryptonite. I took, you remember when you opened up for me? Where was that? You opened up for me and it was so awkward at the beginning. Yeah. I th- Tampa? I, was it Tampa? Oh. Tampa was a tough one, but that wasn't my fault. That was the worst intro in the history yes, of intros and the with the wonky mind. Yeah, yeah. It was crackling. It was, uh. San Francisco Cobbs yeah I just I I I just did it all wrong you did you I did. have the jokes I have the material I just did them in the wrong order thinking I'm like I'm gonna get them and chalk them with this and then I was like oh god yeah and when Craig comes up we're all laughing at him because it's a different cra- like you like, oh. but but by the end of the weekend you got it I got it I got him by that set where I ate shit yeah. actually I was proud of myself because I did like maybe 15 20 yeah and i ate it for 75 percent of yeah, the set but i stayed in the pocket and then i finally got him i didn't like get him i didn't get him get him yeah but I, I i got it and i was just like oh that took everything out of me you <laughs> oh, know? Yeah. I was like and that's the worst feeling when you're up there and knowing like this is not going this well. is going bad and i was like just stay in the pocket you gotta stay i remember in- watching sebastian before he blew up and how he would stay in the pocket Oh, no matter, because if you're not used to his style, yeah. it could be a lot, Yeah, you know, but he just knows who he is. And he's a kill, like, look Killer. at him. Sold out Madison Square Garden four times. And it'll probably, it'll oh probably sell out two more times before yeah. he's done. That guy is so funny. But uh, people that are so unique, you, it's crazy, like uh, like a like a Theo Vaughn, too, yep. and Sebastian. You'll see them murder on the next level of stuff that you're just like, oh, my God. But they're so unique and different. And now they've blown up, but we were hanging around before. Yeah, they, way before. Before their juggernauts and household names. And you see them not do not so well sometimes. And the comics are like, these guys are geniuses. Yeah. You, you audience, you need to catch up. You mm-hmm. don't even know how good what you're seeing is. And then the audience the audience finally does. And now I don't they th- I don't think the I, I don't think the audience catches up. I think you they the audience for that person finds them yeah because i think comedy you can't what i'm learning now is you just can't be universal to everybody you got to find like you have your tribe yeah you know like people like this is a story i'm uh 
this happened at the comedy store. Bill Burr, Spash, it was killers on there, and Steve-O, right? And this is where I learned a lot about comedy. Like, so all these people go on, and Steve-O goes on, right? And Steve-O does well. But to Steve-O's crowd that came, you would have thought he was like Dave Chappelle yeah. or Bill Burr. Because they were there for him. It didn't matter what Bill Burr did. It didn't matter no. what Sebastian did. It didn't matter what Bobby Lee did. You know, I was on that show as well. It didn't matter what any of us did. Because they were there to see Steve-O. Yeah. And that's when it clicked uh, in my head that, oh, it's not about being funny to everybody. It's about being funny to your people. Because if your people think you're funny, your tribe, they're coming to see you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can be funny to a, a lot of people, but you really, what you've done well is your audience really knows and loves who you are. And that's why they come and buy all your merch. And that's why they do all that stuff. Merch is great. Merch is amazing. It's, it, it, sometimes oh it God. doubles what you make. It's, it saves my life because yeah. I'm not making the best money and deals. You know, I'm new mm -hmm. booty headliner, as I, as I always say. And, and you, right now, and no offense, but you're just kind of doing one-nighters a lot, right? No, so my guy, Stu Golfman, God bless you, and uh, Ian Aragetti and Justin Silvera, that's my team. Nice. So, like, I'll get a weekend. And then they'll put like two one-nighters in front and then one or two nighters oh, in nice. back. So it all makes financial sense. sense yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm not going out for just one-nighters. It's too big of a gamble because if you don't hit, you, yeah. just, you just straight up lose money Yeah. or break even. I don't want this to be the break even tour. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if it's local one-nighters, yeah, of course, you know, Irvine one-nighter, yeah. that's an hour drive. No big thing. That was one of, that was probably the most magical gig of my career. Tell me about it. I COVID sold it out, you know? Oh, okay. It, yeah. Uh, so you did about 250. Yeah. It might've been still great. 280. 280. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, they change Whatever. it constantly. Don't, don't take that 30 away I know, from I'm, me, I'm taking 30 away from you. You're getting uh, mad at me. But uh, it's Irvine Improv seats like 550, yeah. but they were turning people away and they wouldn't allow any more tickets sold. So I was like, all right, I kind of sold it out, yeah. you know? And then, um, and that was the first time on stage where I almost just straight up cried. I was like, oh shit, they're all here for me. Yeah, isn't it, isn't it? Don't you feel different when your crowd is there? I was Like crazy. you can't do wrong, no. you can't do wrong. I was like, this is magical. I yeah. was like, I've been struggling, not struggling, but you know, like, you got to really earn it. And then when they're there for you, it's just like a love fest. You just, it's just easy. It's so fun. And they're happy. You're happy. The energy's just flowing. They feed you and then you feed the, it's just, it's full circle. It's interesting when you get to that next level. I mean, there's a lot of headliners that are big that will do like uh, those shows with a lot of different comics on it, but some headliners stay away from it. Like they get so comfortable with their audience. They don't like performing yeah what, what are those lineups called like um show showcase, showcase style. yeah they don't like showcase style anymore i know a couple of huge comedians that don't really do that yeah i don't think i'll ever be that i like the i love struggle it. in the process and i like and i i love and respect bill burr so much and he talks about like he's like i like going to a, a like a shithole club on an off night and where no one knows who i am and just popping in because then i know i earned it as yeah. opposed because he's so His famous crowd, he's now. so famous yeah yeah like that's what was so great about doing that open mic is nobody knew I was going to be on. And here's what's interesting. I learned two things. When they said my name, I got a big applause. Nice. So that meant they knew who I was. 
but I did all new material for because you only get three minutes and I and literally I got off at two thirty because I wanted to respect the other comics and yeah. everybody was like whoa like would, he follows the rules. Very nice of you, sir. You should have done five. No, 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 no. OG, no. come on, Did give him five, two. Nah, I just I wanted because I know that next guy that's after me is probably like. You know, it, it's tough going and after. You need to bury him no, and teach him I wasn't, a lesson. I wasn't that trying life to is hard. <laughs> I wasn't trying to bury him. I did two new jokes and it really worked. And I actually, I did three new jokes and they really worked. And it was interesting being at an open mic. But like I said, this was, if you're ever in Utah, Tuesday night is the best open mic you'll ever go to. In the country. I was talking to my it's buddy JD. Incredible. Did you meet JD down there? He took me four by four and he's a good JD. comic. I don't he, think he so. was on my shows at Wise Guys okay. with Keith, and uh, and then um, he said like, dude, every night, every Tuesday, it sells out automatically. It's, it's crazy. L.A. has open mics and coffee shops in front of schizophrenic homeless people. Mm -hmm. I'm not exaggerating. It is hell on earth. Yeah. And then he tells me that I'm like, what? Oh, <laughs> like sold out show every open mic. It was probably like 150, 200 people in there. It's crazy. And it was like a normal audience. Like they wanted to laugh. But before I went on, like I saw a lot of comics eat it. I saw a lot of comics do well. And I've never been in, I hate to be this guy, but I've never been to an open mic. It was my first. Well, you came in the game different. I came you in different. You were already successful. And that's, that's, that's all right. That's, that, yeah. Hey, it's a different process. Yeah. You know, like now I'm getting into acting and I talked to a huge acting coach or casting. She's in casting. And she's the one that like, First put Michael B. Jordan in his first movie. Her name is Tracy Twinkie Birdie. What up? But anyway, um, I go, I've been getting a lot of opportunities in acting. And surprising to me, my auditions are really good and getting great feedback. And I go, you know, I just had a candid conversation. I go, how is that happening so fast for me? And she goes, because I go, you know, acting fairly new. And she goes, You've been doing stand-up, right? I go, yeah. She goes, you've been doing how long? I go, 10 years. She goes, you've reached your 10,000 hours for acting. She just, you did it in a different way because stand-up is the most raw, real thing a person can do. And it's the hardest actors realize stand-up. It's so, so hard. And you're putting yourself out there. You're learning what makes you angry. People are learning what makes you happy. You're telling, for my comedy, you're telling your real story. So literally all somebody else is doing is putting different words in front of you to say, but you know who you are. A lot of actors, she said, don't really know who they are. So they try to become a role instead of being themselves in that role. Yeah. She goes, with stand-up comics, they are themselves in, in who they are. So when they take other roles, it has a gravitas. When you said that, that song, what you see is what you get, popped in my head. It's so it's true. true. It's, it's true. It's true. Like, this is it. <laughs> like, Craig is the same on stage as he's off. Now, I know a lot of comics that aren't, that put on the voices and stuff yeah. like that. But most of them that we roll with, you know, they're the same people off stage yeah. or on stage, you know, and that's yep. beautiful. So, so now that you're headlining, and what I love is now, we talked on the phone a couple of times, the pressure of selling tickets. Holy and shit. How's that feel, bro? Oh my God. I finally surrendered. It almost broke me in the beginning. <laughs> I was I was just a oh man. Cause you yeah, you, my advice, and I told you, do not worry about it. Just show up and do the shows. Like my agents, I'm selling great tickets now. Every market I go to, just selling out or very close to selling out. And it's a switch that happened over the last like six, seven months. But I told them about two years ago, stop giving me numbers. Cause it would freak me out. 
Yeah. Because most tickets are sold, unless you're a Sebastian or a Joe Cole where they sell out way before, are sold that Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's sold the night of. The night of. The maybe day before. Maybe day So if you get numbers on Monday and they're low, if, let me tell you, I went to Tampa, right? And I had to do something with Ted Lasso. I had to do this whole thing with Ted Lasso, so I missed my Friday. But they sent me numbers on Monday, and they were low. By the time I got there and did my shows, sold out every one of them. So that's what I'm saying, how much it could change. So did you stop asking for numbers, or did I they stop? I never asked. They just I didn't send even them to want you? to know. No. So, I just was just wondering, <laughs> just hoping and wondering. But I, my buddy Zane Helberg said this to me because I was so stressed out. This is my first time. You yeah. know, you care too much. You yeah. care so much. And he's like, you just do as much work as possible and set yourself up. And then that's all you can do. And then you just relax. And it, I thank God. I think my only superpower is I actually listen to people because like, I'll, I don't, I don't think of that stuff, but then like he tells me that and then I was like, oh yeah, you're right. And then like just anyone in standup who gives me advice, I go, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. I'll do that. And it's the, the, the blueprints there. You just talk to your elders and you're seeing the OGs in the game and you just listen to them. Yeah. I mean, that's it. You're not reinventing the wheel just cause so many comics like, no, I'll do my thing. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to listen. You know, it doesn't, it could be at any level too. It, most of the advice comes from up top, but like, cause just anyone with any sound life advice, you just, oh, there's truth in that. I'm gonna live by that now because what I'm doing is awful and I'm a nervous wreck and stressed out. And and just, just listen, listen to the wisdom of people. Cause they've been doing it. Yeah. They've been doing it. And I remember the big thing Joe Coy told me and this happened about two, three years ago, and I went through some tough times. He goes, look, you stop giving out tickets. Don't let the, you know, don't let the clubs comp. You know, if they want to do it on their end, it's, but I used to fill up shows where I would promote free tickets to my show. And he goes, dude, you'll never build an audience because every time you come to town, they'll be waiting for the free tickets. You know, you can't control what the club does. You taught me that, and yeah. I never started out like that because yeah. I wanted to. And it hurt me so bad. And it hurt because... I remember my first, I just did Denver. And this has been my like fifth time doing Denver. I remember my first time I gave out so many tickets. Like on the radio, I'd be like, hey, if you want to, my first time here, if you want to come to the show, email this email. hundred, filled up all the shows. But uh, in all reality, I sold probably like two, 200, 300 tickets in four shows. You know, very low. Yeah. Right? And the next time I went, I didn't do that. And it's, I only sold like two, 300 tickets, you know? So it was a imp for those four days, but Wendy stayed with me and I just left and I sold, I sold close to four, 1300 tickets. 1400. Nice. So it's, it's a thing where once that kicked in and I stopped and that's what I'm saying, don't promote free tickets unless I, I would say, cause you never started doing it. So no, I listen to you. And yeah. then I also heard it from Christella Alonzo. She's mm -hmm. like, I'll never comp a ticket because mm -hmm. it's just be anyone who's expecting free stuff. They're not going to be a good audience member. Yeah. I don't mind what you said. Like if the club do does it on, on their, on end, their end, yeah, that's I, them. I don't want to know I'm about not, it. I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'm going to promote and I'm going to try to sell my tickets. Cause when you just purchase something you're just invested in it, you're happy to be there. I mean, if it's free, you're just like. Well, we've done so many shows in LA, even Comedy Juice, uh, towards the end of it, it was all free tickets. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? And you you can tell tell. people, it it goes from make me laugh, where if it's free, where if they have to pay for it, it's exciting. Yeah. And it's like, oh, we're we're here to have a good time. The energy is completely different in a purchase ticket room and a free ticket room. It's, it's, It's not even the same universe. Yeah. It's literally not good to amazing. Yeah. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad. The free ticket room is bad. And I and I was, yeah, just grateful for wisdom like that. And then paying attention to like, oh, shit, they're right. Like, there's so much truth you to know, this. You know, I learned this from Joe Coy. I'm dropping some nuggets, and hopefully he doesn't mind. But even when he comps tickets, he, well, I mean, now he's just at another level. But I remember when he was doing clubs, even when he would comp tickets, his team would still buy them. I don't understand. They would, he would say, like, you would ask me for a ticket. I was like, all right, I'll give you a ticket, but I would buy it from the club because I don't want, I want every ticket to go to that bottom line of the club where it's a counted ticket for them. Okay. You know, so if Joe Coy gave out 20 tickets, because he's like, I'm going to make the money back eventually. Yeah. But like, if I invite 10 people out, I'm going to pay for all 10 tickets because I don't want, I don't want the club, you know, it, they don't care if I comp it. But that's just 10 tickets that go to, to the overall number where, where they look at the numbers. That can make the difference from a bonus or no bonus. That's true. You know what I mean? So, oh and it God. just looks like you sold more tickets. You just reminded me of something so funny. I, uh, Irvine Improv, COVID capacity sellout. <laughs> yes. Um, I, uh, my childhood friend, I played Little League. I've known this guy since I was six, seven years old. I forgot to put him and his group on the free guest list because I was just stressed out, a lot going yep. on and whatnot. And they end up having to buy tickets. And it put me over the door deal to where it, the difference was like $300 or two Gs, which is wrong. I don't know if I'm supposed to say No, that's this. fine. That's fine. But it, like those four or five tickets I sold put me over. Like if you sell 199 tickets, you get it three hundred dollars. Yeah. If you sell two hundred, you get two G's. You're yeah. like, hey guys, I bought a little. You know? And they put you over. And they put me over. So me forgetting about my friends, <laughs> end up making them buy tickets and put me over the bonus, which got me my See, money. And, and that's exactly why you do it. Yeah. You know. So it's a thing where I learned that. So every time, for all my friends out there that are watching this podcast right now, buy our tickets. When I comp you, I'm still buying it. I'm not. So, <laughs> just know that. Just know that. So, what's the since you've been headlining by yourself? What's the worst show? You don't have to say the market, but where they just didn't come out. Oh, wait. How do I not say the market? It was one I cared about the most too. Really? It was it. You can say it. You can say it. Dan. It was KC Improv. One of the shows got canceled. I didn't do well there. I mean, I did well comedically to where wh- wh- whoever was there, we had a good time. We Why was that show. so important for you? Casey because it improv. was an improv. It was, yeah. it was, an, it was, I'm in at a lot of clubs, but not a lot of the A markets. I'm mm-hmm. A clubs, you know, uh, the big, there's diff- different leagues in everything. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was the one that he's like, yeah, I ran ads. I did everything. I promoted this, this, and that. But that's okay. That one hurt at the time. But then I started hitting on all these other spots. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And let me tell you, to be honest, KC Improv is not like, I did okay there. But, you know, some markets you hit. Like, yeah. I can't explain why every time I go to St. Louis, a sellout, like crazy sellouts. 
You know, I Utah, can't. I did great. Yeah, Utah's they amazing. They showed up, and there were my fans, and it was packed, and it was. I was like, what? Yeah. It surprised me. Like, Utah is such a great market, and Keith over there does an amazing job, and, like, they show up. I showed up. Uh, showed up uh, I sold out a merch the first show. Do you not bring enough? I brought a body bag, Michael. A bo- I brought 50 pounds of merchandise. Oh, see, I always bring 100, 150. 100? Okay, I'm at least 100. Now. I'm gonna bring 100. I bring, pounds I bring of merch. two suitcases at 50 pounds. That's only for four shows. If you go over four shows, it's usually like I, since I fly a lot on Delta, I, I get three bags at like 50, 70 pounds or something like that. So if I do more than four shows, I bring 100. You taught me that too. Everything's Delta. You're like, fly Delta. Fly Delta. Fly Delta, everybody. The rest is a nightmare. You get your little rewards points to give you free bags. It's garbage. It's, 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 it's it, Delta. Delta is the best. Is the best. Hands I just, down. I just went platinum, almost diamond. What? I just got silver. I just oh, got silver. You got silver. I made it. I made it. I'm a silver gold medalist. Wow, <laughs> that didn't even make sense. I said gold. Wait, are you silver? I'm silver now. Okay, so you I just was got nothing, this. and then <laughs> and then the road. You know, all these cities I travel. I try to do 100% Delta, and now I'm silver, and I get one free check bag, and then gold you get two. Yeah, you got to get that gold. It's a game changer. I just went platinum, and. Uh, I, next step for you is to get that Delta credit card. I did. I got that. Oh, the so Amex. then. Oh yeah, yeah. So. Oh yeah. So My credit's back. You'll get the gold. You'll get the. You'll get the gold. Soon. I had bad credit for about fifteen years, but I'm <laughs> back. I'm back, baby. I'm back to charge. Yeah. Swipe it up. Um. So what is the what is like what what type of things are you getting into besides comedy right now? Is there anything you like besides comedy? Um. Or you're not a gamer like Eric Griffin or anything like that, right? No. I, what do you do besides comedy? I play dodgeball, but COVID took that away. Uh, family, I'm a family man. I visit my family a lot, my you little still, niece and nephew. Yeah, you do a lot. Are they proud of you? Yeah. Do they understand what's going on or not really? Yeah, they no, they do. They uh, they're super proud of me. It you know, they always have been. It takes a, for the parents. It takes a while because they look at it as a hobby, just because they're old school. Yeah. And then once you like, my dad went to Irvine. He's like, that was pretty cool, and that that's a lot. That's my dad doesn't say stuff like that. That must have meant a lot to you, huh? Yeah. And it, it's just great because I had a line around that one. I brought enough merch because I was driving. I brought yeah. cases and cases. Merch is a game changer. It is. It's like, I need me. to really promote. I've sold so much merch. I need to promote people to, I need to do something where I get people, some people post it and then in their story and I repost it. But I want to make that some type of promotion because it's everywhere. Like I've sold thousands upon thousands of dollars of it's merch. it's saving me it's just funding this whole opera it's the profit end you know yeah and uh and i need to get my t-shirt cost down too because i print on the expensive blank and i do a lot of colors yeah with, and it's oh just, the loosey-goosey one yeah the park ranger with it's and then i who comes just, up with your designs uh, that was a tattoo artist from texas bubba tx this guy uh at sticker supreme uh jared de la rosa thank you he saved my life i say this because in the beginning of the pandemic, all my stand-up dates were taken away. Yep. My in, I finally started get having an income from stand-up, and they're like, nope. And then I was just, I didn't get unemployment, so I was just like, what? And then this guy was like, hey, I made these stickers for you. And then I put them on the internet, and I sold so much. Is that the one where the, the ranger, the worms, right? Yeah, the, worms the park coming ranger out? worms coming out of your face. He made it to a viral video that went got like 7 million hits. And I know. And then that's. And with then, your joke in it or? 
the Lucy Goosey Park Ranger bit. I drive okay. on mushrooms in front of the cops in, yeah. in Malibu State Park. And he put that up and it went viral? I put that up and he was a fan of that story. So he's like, I'm going to make you stickers. And then he commissioned tattoo artists to make me art. And then I sold stickers and then I literally put it on Shopify and it was like, they have a little cha-ching sound. Cha-ching, uh -huh. cha-ching. And it literally, I just went from like, I don't know how I'm going to survive to like, oh my God, this is how, crazy. How, uh, so you, you, you use Shopify? Yes. See, I need to, I need to get your web guy because I need to redo my whole website because I need uh, to get Hire it. nerds, baby. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, Shopify is pretty self-explanatory. I kind of so figured that out. Is that, is that just a link? That they you add have to your website? everything infrastructure set up. You just add the photo. Oh, okay. The price, the quantity. Oh, Still okay. hire someone to do it because I don't like stuff like that. <laughs> but it's 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 doable. Yeah. If I could do it, you could do it. Okay. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, what else you got going on, man? Tour dates. Uh, you know, a month out. I can't figure that out. We got Buffalo, New York, September 21st, Albany, Manchester. Just go to my website, CraigConan.com. I got 52 cities. I'm coming to a city near you. Yeah. Do Lucy, you have Lucy. Do you have a, a lady friend still? It's been it's been it's been rough, man. I don't want to talk about that. Oh no. Yeah. It's because you're getting famous. Yeah, I just gone. I don't know. I mean, Craig, you're a good looking guy. I mean, it must be so easy right now. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> oh yeah, Park Ranger. <laughs> there is it that, is. Oh, yeah. there it is. He made me these stickers, and I put them on hoodies and t-shirts and. Uh, and it, it's changed my life. I love, see, he's he's trained in the media. You see how quick he changed the subject? That's fine. That's fine. But I love you, Craig. I'll let I you slide with that. I'll you let too. you slide with that. All right, buddy. Craig, thanks for stopping by, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. Love and you. Uh, I'm proud of you. I love you. And I only see big things for you, man. I love you, too. And I, I've always, you just got the glow, man. You've been you kind. Every, like, everyone talks about you, and it's nothing but nice things to say. I remember, this is funny, so Craig calls me one day, we're talking, he goes, can I just tell you, I talk to everybody, like, I know you don't hang out, he told me this, I know you don't hang out at the comedy store or any comedy places because you got a family, but I hear bad shit about everybody. I've never heard anyone say anything bad about you, and that meant a lot to me. No, you know? you're, just, you're just a genuine nice dude, there's not that many in this business. You're no. a man of your word, which is, you know, there, there is... A lot of people of their word but also not you know yeah so like to be a combo of both of that because there are nice guys that are full of shit and you're just <laughs> like well you're not you know you're like yeah eh, you know but you're you're a man of your word and you're extremely nice and you always help out up i try commerce. to whenever somebody reaches out i try to help yeah that's all i can do so god bless you love you bro thank you for everything you betcha now if you're watching this on facebook please 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 leave stars and brian when's our patreon coming Patreon's dropping soon. <laughs> it's in our bio. Swipe up. All those things. All right. You're, you're being held to this, Brian. You know that, right? Yes. Do you have any <laughs> interesting fact you want to say at the end of the podcast? Because sometimes Brian brings an interesting fact. He'll surprise you. No? Okay. See, I, or, or not. Or not. He's or sometimes like, he like, doesn't. Not today. Not today. No, nothing you want to say, Brian? Add to the conversation? Anything you would like to ask Craig? Uh... Who's the biggest name you've worked for or with or something that you've looked forward to? One of the biggest things that... Uh... Bill Burr. Bill Burr. He asked me to open for him. <gasps> oh, I read about... You talked about... This was only like a couple of weeks ago, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, tell me about this, Bill Burr. Oh, my Great God. Great question, Brian. That's why I hired you. Dude, See? 
You brought Thank it. Thank you, bro. I love because it's uh man, this is a long story. Cause I I was on the road and I was doing um a Florida run. So I had Gainesville, Orlando, Tampa, and then after that I had uh Nashville, Tennessee, Hoover, Alabama, and Atlanta punchline. You know what I mean? That's way. And then Bill asked me to open for him on one of the nights I had a gig. And I was just like, I told my team, I'm like, hey, cancel that gig. I'm going to Burr. And they're like, whoa, bro. Like, no, like you're headlining. Like, you don't do that. I'm like, it's Bill Burr. It's Bill Burr. So, and they got pissed at me. They're like, you don't do that. I'm like, I don't give a shit. It's Bill fucking Burr. Dude. Yeah. That's my hero. That's my idol. I yeah. gotta do it. I don't care I if do I burn it. a bridge with one club. I, this is Bill Burr at the comedy store, the world famous comedy store. And then they chewed me out and said, no, don't do it. Uh, ultimately, they had my back with whatever I decided, but they let me have it, you know? They're like, you're making a big fucking mistake, you know? Cuss words were said. Like, don't How do far this. in advance of this show oh, was this was the show was in like three days. Bro. Oh. <laughs> it was bad. It was very bad professionally. Yeah. But I didn't care because it was my hero, you know? I would have done the same. And then I was like, I'll reg if I do that gig and don't open for him, I'll regret that the rest of my life. I don't think I'll regret canceling that gig the rest of my life, you know? And then, so what happened was Bill Burr was doing a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. He was running his hour to get ready to shoot his special at the Cosmo about a month mm -hmm. ago. This was about a, three, yep. a month ago, a very recent. And then he, uh, so he offered me the Wednesday and then, uh, what come to find out Emily at the comic store was like, how about we get you on Monday? And that was my one day off. And like the, you heard those city runs, like it's, it's like, in uh, what's that movie? Uh, Tyler Durden, uh, fight club. Like you're oh, just a zombie. You're, you're different just, yeah. day, different city, different you, city. You forget city. what city you're, you're just in. like, you're let just, me tell you, I was traveling so much at one time I got home. And I tried to open my front door with a, um, uh, yeah, with a card key from You're a hotel. Discombobulated, yeah. you know. Yeah. So my one day off in that run of like seven, eight cities, I wanted it so bad. And then I was like, okay, so here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna just cancel that flight, buy a f flight on my only day off, go fly in, do the show, Where were fly you? out. I was in, uh, uh, what was right before Nashville? I fl Tampa. So, so you flew Tam all Tampa the way across the to country. LA, did a, did the spot for Burr, and then flew directly back out into Nashville. Land at five, shows at seven, and I'm just like this. Wait, on a on a Tuesday, I was headlining Nashville on a Tuesday. Oh wow! And uh, discombobulated, bro. But I I lost money. I didn't care. Yeah. I didn't care. I was like, it's worth it. Yeah. And I flew, and it was the most magical night of my life. It was me, Zainab Johnson, Bill Burr. Just, I love Zainab. Just took a, a, that lineup. I put it on my bulletin board. That's great. And then, um, and then Burr's just the nicest. He's smoking cigars, and we're on the rooftop. Also, the comedy store. Not that they weren't mean to me, but they treat you a little better when you're hanging with Burr. You right. Know? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what do you want, Craig? Any, yeah. they, they were never mean, but it was just yeah. like it's a different treatment. I mean, well, I mean, let's be honest. Burr's a different level than us. So, oh, God, of course, that gonna guy's do. the goat. Man. He's like the rock Him star. Him and then. Chappelle. Yeah, it's the goats. And then he's on a rooftop. He's smoking cigars, um, and he, he's. He's just the nicest because he's talking sports. I don't know sports. Yeah. And he's like, come on, Craig, like get in here. And he's like including me in the conversation. I'm just hearing, you know, just his legendary road stories. And we're just going back and forth. I'm telling him about my 
trials and tribulations he's like oh yeah i remember those days yeah. you know uh-huh. he's like i did it for 20 years i was like oh i don't know if i uh, have that in me right. oh my gosh and it was just the most magical night of my life and then i flew out the next day and i did all of it and I, and and nothing had to be canceled oh you but except that one day no i oh, sorry i didn't explain so that he wanted me to open on wednesday but he was doing a monday tuesday wednesday oh so, so you didn't do wednesday i didn't do wednesday i did the monday i did the my only day off mm. in that run and i flew right in did it flew right out so it worked out it all worked out no gigs were canceled no nothing but other than me just being on three hours of sleep and just being like yeah out of it man that's awesome man my dream is to open up with dave Chappelle or bill burr or jim jeffries i love jim jeffries i love all three of them yeah i've opened up for joe coy and that's pretty amazing in a huge setting like that but it's just you just want to go up and be with know, them you just want yeah i've done shows with both of them but they didn't ask me to do it yeah. i was emceeing and they were yeah. on the show that's completely different but when burr asked me i was like there's awesome. 19 million comics and yeah. he asked me dude that's awesome i that's was awesome. literally also too i was kicking my legs in bed the night before like a kid you yeah. know like before christmas and i couldn't sleep i couldn't sleep i was just like oh my god and did you crush i did well i did well Good. i i yeah i his crowd's I, a little bit older I cold open. Oh, and gosh, uh, that's so tough. If people don't know what a cold open is, they don't even introduce you, do they? He did the the voice of God intro. Oh, they me, did. So that okay. helps. Okay. But uh, no, I I did very well. I I wouldn't say I crushed, but I was I was solid. completely happy. happy with my set. There okay. was no bad. It was like nothing. All right. Well, Craig, thanks for stopping Thank by. Thank you, man. I love you and all that stuff. I love again. you. Uh, all right. If you're watching on Facebook, give us stars. I need stars because right now the show is poor. Because Brian doesn't rate, put up review, our, rate, review, like, subscribe. Yeah, Come on, you know help what? Us and out. people are surprised, but when you actually rate a podcast, it does a lot. Oh, and it review helps it so much. It, it, it pushes it up. Yep. Like so, please rate it. Please review it. Hit our Patreon whenever it's up. Whenever Brian gets around to it, you know, Brian's white, so he has a lot of money. You know, <laughs> so he's like, yeah, I don't need money. You know, I'm all good. I'm, I'm only all, half white. I'm all, <laughs> 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 all right. We'll see you next time. Later. Peace.